Well, good morning again. It is great to see all of you. Um, great day of worship already. Get to baptize and sing some great songs to the Lord, about the Lord. Now we get to dive into his word and, and answer, seek to answer a question that really in, in these kind of series we've done in the past about what questions do you have or what does the Bible say about, we've never had this question before, which is really kind of surprising looking back. It seemed like this would have been a big question because this is a question that a lot of us, are, I mean, a lot of us are engaged in social media at some level, right? Um, there may be a few of you that are not, but let's just kind of do a poll. So we're talking about social media today and, and what does the Bible say about social media? Of course, the, the bottom line up front answer is the Bible does not address social media, but there are a lot of principles involved we are going to talk about. So there's going to be a sermon today. I'm not going to say nothing. All right, have a good day. Um, but let's just kind of take a poll here. How many of you have a Facebook account? Raise your hand. All right. Go ahead, put your hands down. But Twitter? Few. All right, what about Snapchat? Instagram? Reddit? you okay yeah so most people's hands went up at least for one of those right so we are a social media aged generation and um, although the bible doesn't say anything directly about social media because it's kind of new technology there are a lot of principles we're going to look at today uh, and that's a question we i was surprised we got so many of those questions was about social media like how do we use social media as a tool or what does the bible say about social media these sort of things so we're gonna we're gonna look at this today and uh, we're gonna start by looking at the the passage of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. So if you have uh, your copy of God's Word, go ahead and open it up to Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, then we're going to stand together, and we're going to read these three verses together. So go ahead and stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. So Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. Paul says this, Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being here among us, with us. Jesus, you are Emmanuel. God with us, and we're so thankful that you never leave us, you never forsake us, and Lord, as we tackle this uh, very um, popular and very applicable subject today, uh, just give us wisdom and understanding through your word, and to see these principles to apply with how do we navigate and interact with different social media platforms, and what cautions should we have, and God, how, how should we leverage it as a tool and all these kind of questions, God. Just help us to navigate these in our own lives, in our own spirit, and so that you're honored, so that your gospel goes forward. And so, God, that we protect our hearts and our minds and that we, like, it's like Felicia prayed, that we stay focused on you and leverage the time you've given us wisely. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Go ahead and be seated. So if you have the app open, you can open up the sermon notes on there, or you probably have, you might have a hard copy if you got that coming in. But let's just start with just just some simple definitions today. Like, what is social media? Some of some of you, you know, especially the older generations, might not be too in tune with what this is and what's all the rage and craze and fuss about. But social media's definition is simply websites or applications. Short term is apps 
that enables users to create and share content uh, or to participate in social networking. And there's a lot of platforms out there. I didn't ask about TikTok. That's a, that's a huge one these days. So here's the big question, of course, we're asking today that we kind of summarize a lot of your questions with is what does the Bible say about the use of social media? And um, like we said, directly nothing, but there are numerous biblical principles that apply to the use of social media. This passage in Ephesians is a great way to begin our conversation with this topic. Uh, here it says, we're called to be wise in how we live. And, and Paul uses the term in how we walk. And that's just a metaphor for living life day in and day out, one step at a time. We're walking through life. Well, social media, just like television or radio or um, you know, other, other technological advances, telephone, Back in the day, we called it a telephone, right? Um, these are tools, tools that can be used. And it seems like the more technology advances, that these tools are more and more powerful, right? And so the, the danger is, is it can be powerfully used for good, but can also be powerfully used for wickedness. And we've seen that. I mean, we see that with with TV. I mean, how many of you have been blessed at some point by watching your, your TV and experiencing church, like during COVID. How many were blessed to be able to do that? That's a good use of that tool. Or back in the day, how many of you uh, either growing up or they still do it, but how many of you have listened to sermons on the radio? It's a good use of a tool. How many of you have had phone calls to you or made phone calls that were a blessing or very Christ-centered before? How many of you have done that? Yep, it's a good use of a tool. But how many times have TVs been used for wickedness, right? Shows, worldviews being espoused, you know, and communicated, pornographic type movies, etc. There's It's also a, a tool for wickedness. Well, now we're in the day of the internet, the day of internet and apps and websites, and you can, you can see and look and experience anything you want, good or bad. I remember when we were preparing for the series we did the first part of the year on 1 Corinthians, right? What I did, I, I went to Google Maps. This was actually really fun. I went to Google Maps, and I zoomed into the modern city of Corinth. And you know how you have the street view? I did a whole virtual tour of the city of Corinth. Now, that's pretty amazing, right? That's pretty awesome. You can do stuff like that. But of course, we also know that we can also use the internet for extremely wicked things. So, let's look at some principles that deal with, um, from the scriptures about our use of social media. And these principles apply to more than social media. So if you're not on social media, there's still going to be some application for you in this, in this message. So let's, number one principle, it's a principle of time. Principle of time. So uh, a kind of a question to help us navigate this principle is this question. I mean, if I'm sitting down to use of social media or you can, Put whatever you pour your time into, is this the best or wisest use of my time? How many times have you heard people say something like this? Hey, how are you doing on your quiet time? Well, man, this week I was just really busy and I just didn't have time. Well, you know, we technically we have all the same amount of time. We have 24 hours in a day, right? So the question is not that I, if, did I have enough time, you know, and not to just pounce on you this morning if you've ever said it. I've said that too, so I'm guilty. But to really think about it, you know, it's not an issue of not having enough time. It's an issue of prioritization. 
right? The, the real answer is I just didn't prioritize my time with the Lord this week in his word. That's the real answer. I mean, amen, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest, right? So is this the best or wisest use of my time? That's the question to navigate this. So here's just some, some statistics. The average user, this is cross generations, right? spends two hours and 31 minutes daily on social media. And here's a, a chart to see how that, how that has increased over the last 10 years. So we're on, a, we're on a very significant increase in our use of social media. 151 hours, two hours and 31 minutes. Teenagers spend an average daily screen time. You ready for this? Eight hours and 39 minutes. A third of the day among the teenage generation, right, you guys spend on screen time. That includes video games. That includes Snapchat, you know, all this stuff, right? The average American checks their mobile device. You got your mobile device, just raise it up. Just hold it up. Yep, talking to you and me. The average American checks their mobile device 159 times per day. Ding, whoop, that's one. Ding, whoop, that's two, right? 159 times. There's a time issue here. Paul gives us some great counsel right here. He says, make the best use of the time. Now, are there good best uses for social media. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're able to connect with friends you've had in the past and might not live close, especially if you're not always been here in St. Louis, right? If you, if you grew up here, moved away, came back, or like me, you know, a lot of my high school and college friends are just all over the place. It's a good way for me to stay connected with them. That's, that's great. Um, a lot of good things about the gospel happen on social media. You know, we share videos and we do a lot of our advertising of our big events like Spark and all that we do that through Facebook and Google and all these other social media platforms. It's great for stuff like that because there's a lot of people on it. 300 million Americans, which is almost our entire population. I think we have like 360 million people in our nation, 300 million users of social media. It's the highest percentage of any other country in the world. Interesting. Principle of time. Is this the best use of my time? So if you are spending eight hours and 39 minutes of screen time, but yet you say, well, I don't have time to spend time with the Lord. Let's rethink priorities, right? If you're two hours and 31 minutes of screen time, but you're still saying, I don't have time to go meet my neighbor. I don't have time to go to small group. I don't have time to serve and volunteer in the nursery. I don't, let's, let's rethink our priorities. What is the best use of our time, right? We are called to give God the glory in everything. Amen. So just, just it's a simple question to ask as you're sitting down, because, you know, the thing with social media, TikTok, whatever, is you can't just sit there and look at one video. What happens? You start, you start doing that. Here we go. Another one. Oh, these are funny. Oh, these are funny. Look at what that dog did to that cat. That's funny. You know, and you just, you just keep going. You're like, you get sucked in. And next thing you know, you've been on there eight hours and 39 minutes. You're like, whoa, what happened? But you should have some, some markers in your life, right? Some markers, which kind of brings up another principle. That's principle number two. It's the principle of self-control. 
Self-control is all throughout scripture. So, so important in our walk with Jesus. And so a question to help us navigate this principle is, am I able to exercise self-control while on social media? This is a real test, you know. Can you can you break away from looking at all those videos, especially if we get into sinful videos, especially when they're leading us to pornographic sites or it's espousing a, and promoting a very unbiblical worldview and we're kind of getting sucked into that. And next thing you know, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but you, you find yourself starting to think about things differently because you're listening and hearing and reading this ungodly, unbiblical worldview. So self-control is a big deal. Scripture says this in Proverbs, a man or woman without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. There's no walls. The enemy can just come in and go out as as they please. A person without self-control, the enemy can come in your life and out of your life as he pleases. He almost has free reign in your life to do whatever he wants to do. You don't have self-control. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the spirit of God living within you, amen, which is awesome. And scripture says that the fruit of the spirit, a fruit, the way we live, what happens as we're walking in the spirit is that the fruit manifests in our life and how we live, our lifestyle, spirit of, you know, have love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here it is, self-control. So if you find yourself just being sucked into social media and you just can't break away, you're not in the spirit in that moment. Because when you're in the spirit, you have self-control. It's a big deal. So you see how closely tied our actions on social media are to our walk with Jesus? It's not, it's not separate. And we've only just begun. There's, there's We're going to look at just five principles today, but there are so many. So self-control is a big deal. So here's one. Do I have self-control when it comes to time? We kind of talked about that already. Can you, can you pull away? Are you, are you able to regulate your time on there? I know for kids and teenagers with video games and, and, you know, man, and, and adults with video games too, to, to have some time limits. That's a good thing. Teaches them some discipline, some self-control, you know, for our youngest, we have video game day. He gets to play one, ideally he plays one day a week right now. He can be rewarded and do other things, but just trying to put some kind of barrier in there. So they're not just sucked in all the time to screen time. Secondly, do I have self-control when it comes to content? You know, when it comes to content, the stuff that I'm looking at or reading at, you know, now, Technically, legally, these social media platforms aren't supposed to have any pornography, but we know how that works, right? I mean, the pornographic industry is is unfortunately very cunning and conniving in how they can put ads in there that carry you away. How are you doing with that? Do you have self-control not to click? Do you have accountability measures in place so someone will know if you click? So these are all about our walk with Jesus Christ. Do you have self-control when it comes to these things? Proverbs 4 says, keep your heart with all, say all, all vigilance. For from it, from your heart that is, flow the springs of life, right? So whatever you are, whenever you're not guarding your heart, when it comes to the content you observe, read, etc., you're letting this, this stuff in, you're not being vigilant, then what's going to spring into your life? It's the stuff that's coming in. 
kind of the old computer saying garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're, if you're intaking all this stuff, worldview, you know, you're taking in pornography, you're taking in other ideologies, you're just taking those in and in and in. what's going to come out? I mean, why do we, why are we living in a crazy age that we're living in? There's been a lot of garbage gone into our minds and our hearts over the last couple of decades. And here we are, garbage out, right? Got to guard what's coming in. Have discernment. We're going to look at that here in a minute. But guard our heart. Have self-control in the content that we look at. Because social media can influence our thoughts, our attitudes, our emotions. We see people on there we think are really cool or fun or what we think they have some great things to say or they look exactly like we wish we looked and it's influential in our own thinking and our own ambitions, our own trajectories we want to take with our lives. And so instead of following Jesus, we start following these other personalities, these other ideologies, and that's, that's detrimental, which leads to the principle number three, the principle of discernment. Principle of discernment. There are myriads of agendas out there. Where a random post, a lot of times, isn't just a random post. It's part of a calculated agenda to help people, to move people to think in specific ways, whether it's political ideologies, right? Remember all the political mess of COVID, you know, all the ideologies being espoused in Facebook and, you know, the arguing back and forth. I mean, it was just crazy. Principle of discernment. Here's a, a kind of a question to barometer How are we letting it do this? Am I being led away from the truth by what I read and believe on social media? There's been a lot of times that people will post this, this, uh, there's these little posts and memes that go around and they're not true, right? They're not true. They're like trying to tell a funny or cute or sadistic story, but you find out it's not really true. But man, we're just quick to, oh, I can't believe that. Let's share that, right? Especially if it's like, against a politician we don't like, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sharing that. We don't care if it's true or not. Let's just share that thing, right? Discernment, is this true? And if it's not true, don't, don't, don't waste your time. Don't entangle yourself in that. First John chapter 4 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Here it is. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. No matter how smart it may sound, right? It's not from God. And this is the Spirit from who? The Antichrist, right? Little a. Who which you heard was coming and is in the world already, the spirit of Antichrist. That's the principle of discernment. Now, here's a big one, principle of identity. Mm. And this is, I think this is where social media has been pretty destructive, people's lives. Um, we're We're in another kind of pandemic, not COVID, but pandemic of issues of anxiety and depression. It's driven by, Issues of, of image and issues of identity, identity crises, right? Who am I? It's a basic question. Who am I? Who are you? How do you answer that question? 
know, we've kind of talked about this before. You know, who, who am I? You could say your name. I'm Daniel, but, you know, would not be me if my name was Fred. Got any Freds in here? Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be me if my name was Michael? Got a lot of Michaels. Or Steve's. Holy cow, we got a lot of Steve's, right? But I'm still me. We go down this line. So the question is, who am I? So the question I want to ask here when it comes to social media is what is the gap between the you that's portrayed on social media and the real you that you are when no one's around? Does that make sense? What's, what's that gap, right? You know, because you know, most choose your profile picture. And do you, do you pick the picture when you first get up? Ladies, you don't have the makeup on yet. You haven't touched your hair. You know, is that, is that the picture you post? I'm not saying you should, right? But is that, is that the picture that you post on your social media platform, right? See, we want to we wanna present ourselves. We get caught up in this, presenting ourselves as we want the world to see us, which may not exactly be truly who we are. And then we, and then we become driven. We post a meme or we post a quote or we post a, a story or whatever. We kind of begin to derive our own value from how many people like it or how many people share it or how popular that is, right? And we get caught up into this identity issue. That if people aren't liking what I post, I get depressed. People don't like me. People don't love me. People don't want to be around me. They don't think I'm funny. And you see it all, it gets so damaging in that whole, you know, self-esteem stuff. Instead of just looking elsewhere for who we are. The Bible is very clear who we are. It's great news. Let's just, let's just look at some of these answers biblically to the question, who are you? Do not derive your identity from social media. Don't do it. Whether you're super popular, that could puff up your ego and inflate your ego, perhaps erroneously, right? You could lose your humility and, or the other direction. Well, first, you're a child of God. Most foundational, eternal aspect of your identity. You're a child of God. John reminds us this, it says, to all who did receive him. So if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is true for you. Who believe in his name, he's given them the right, not just a privilege, the right to become children of God. Amen? You're a child of God, a child of the king. So don't stoop to be anything else. Because everything else is stooping stepping down. You're a child of God. It doesn't get any greater than that. Secondly, you belong to God. You're not alone. You're not abandoned. You're not forsaken. You're not forgotten. You're loved. This week, this week in my, in my devotions, I was reading the devotional series now on un, unsung heroes of the Bible. It's really interesting, but Read about Hagar this week. You know the story of Hagar. She was in the Old Testament, book of Genesis, roughly chapters 17 through 21. And Hagar was a maidservant for Abraham's wife, Sarah. And hey, uh, Abraham and, and Sarah kind of, they'd been promised by God to have a child, but years kept going by and they still didn't have a child. So Sarah kind of took matters in her own hands and, and 
gave Hagar to Abraham. I know it sounds really weird, and it's kind of a weird, different culture kind of thing. But anyway, so Abraham had a son through Hagar named Ishmael. Well, Ishmael was growing up. Finally, Abraham and Sarah had son Isaac, and he was growing up. And you know, one day, Ishmael and Isaac weren't getting along, whatever, and Sarah was angry at Hagar, so Hagar had to flee. And she's on the run. She's leaving, and she's really downcast. She's been forsaken. She's been abandoned. She's been kicked out. You know what God, God shows up. You know what God says to her? It's Hagar. I see you. You're not alone. You're not abandoned. You're not forsaken. I'm going to take good care of you. Ishmael's going to grow up. He's going to be the father of a nation. And he was. Same is true for all of us. God sees you. He knows you. No one knows you better than God does. And he loves you. You belong to God. He wants you. He doesn't want to kick you out. He wants you. He loves you. Look at what 1 Corinthians says. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, but you were bought with a dear price. Jesus paid the price for you to belong to God forever. So glorify God in your body. You're a child of God. You belong to God. And third, you are loved. You are loved. Jesus says this to his disciples and to us, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So you're loved. You don't have to try to earn someone else's love. You're already loved. So just kind of think that through. You're always loved, no matter where you go. And lastly, you are valuable. You are valuable. You're not worthless. You're not an accident. You're not a piece of junk. You are valuable because Jesus died for you. Even before that, God created you as an image bearer of him. And like he tells Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, says, before I formed you in the womb, I what? Knew you. Think about that. Before you were born, God already knew you. It's profound, right? He's not getting to know you as life goes on. He already knew you intimately in your mother's womb. And he consecrated you before you were born. And then lastly, the last principle, and this is a huge one for us in interacting on social media, is the principle of love. Principle of love. Are we loving God and what we post, how we post, how we respond? And are we loving others? So kind of a very popular verse for good reason, Matthew 22, where Jesus said to this young guy who was kind of questioning him, we asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first, great and first commandment. The second is like it, you will love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're posting online, and goodness, we're coming up on elections. Let's listen to this, all right? All right. Am I loving and honoring God? What I'm about to post, you can post truth, you can post facts, sure, absolutely. But just do it in a loving and an honoring way to the Lord. Am I loving and honoring God in, in what I say and how I say it? Colossians, Paul reminds us, whatever you do in word, which we post words, 
or deed, do everything. Just say everything with me. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So is this honoring God and what I'm posting and how I'm posting it? Or Ephesians 4 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So am I, am I going to grieve the Spirit of God? I mean, I'm on, I'm on pastor pages, and there's just ungodly stuff that goes on on pastor pages, right? I mean, just, just snarky and sarcastic and just downright being mean and jerks to each other, right? Just come on. We are followers of Jesus, right? So don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor, slander be put away from you along with all malice. Slander, that's saying something about someone else that's not true. Bitterness, we can get bitter at people on Facebook or on you know, Instagram or whatever media platform you're looking at, Twitter. Wrath and anger. Has there been wrath and anger demonstrated on social media? Yep, absolutely. Anger, clamor, <laughs> a lot of clamor on social media. And malice. Mm. So am I loving and honoring God and am I loving and honoring others? Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Now, I know we got some smart alecks in here. They'll say, well, social media's not coming out of my mouth. Coming from my fingers, right? But I think this applies, you know, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths or through your fingers, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, disagreement can be edifying. You disagree with someone's view and you post a reply. That can be edifying. That can be to with a goal of imparting grace to the hearer. But it's not going to be filled with malice and anger and clamor. It's going to be filled with grace and how we reply. And here's the end of that passage in Ephesians 4. This is, just, this is great rules to live by. Be kind to one another. Just turn to your neighbor and say, be kind. When was the last time you were unkind to someone? Yesterday. Yep. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love and honor others. First Thessalonians 5 11 says, Encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. Ephesians 4.15, speak truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And here's the last one. I could almost make this its own principle, but kind of goes with loving others is, am I missing out on real relationships? It's kind of a big one. That our virtual relationships can supplant real relationships, but they are impotent to give us the full joy and the full experience of a real relationship, right? I think this is also true when it comes to church life. You know, if you're only relying on virtual, talk to those online, if you're only relying on this for your church life, you're missing, you're missing so much, right? It's better than nothing, but you're missing so much. Real relationships 
where you can shake each other's hand, hug each other's neck, pray with each other as you lay hands on one another, you know, be a, be a shoulder to, to cry on or have somebody to laugh with. It's irreplaceable. Virtual relationships are a far cry from the power of real relationships in person. I mean, can you imagine being married and only being married through social media? Never being together. I mean, does that sound crazy too? That's ridiculous, right? No one would imagine that. Well, God sends us to be relational people. He made us to be relational. I mean, before Adam and Eve sinned and fell, Genesis chapter 2, God says it's not good for man to be alone. That's before the sin, before the fall. So God has always intended us to be in relationship with each other because we need each other. We need to be present with each other. This is why the author of Hebrews commands this, is let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. What's his answer? Send him a text message? Nope. Do not neglect to meet together. That's where that happens, right? Do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another and even all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, what's the day? The day is the return of Christ. I pray and believe that day is drawing near. Amen? If we see that day coming, it should be more of a, of a drive to meet together because we need to continue stirring up love and good works, especially when things are getting harder and harder to have love and good works. We got to be encouraging each other. We got to be stirring up that love and good works because our culture is going in the opposite direction, right? Culture is going in the direction of love and bad works or hate, rather, hate and bad luck. Bad, bad luck. No, bad works. Yeah. So we got to get together to stir that up because we need that encouragement. And you can encourage someone online, but it's just not quite, not quite the same. So, it's a tool. It's a powerful tool. Leverage it for the glory of God, not for your demise. And so how much do we need Jesus in this, right? We need Jesus in us to give us these principles, you know, and play these principles out. Look to Jesus for your identity. If you've never trusted in Jesus, Trust in Jesus. Let him become your identity. Become that child of God today. If you lack discernment, be in the word of God. This is how our discernment and wisdom grows. This is how God changes. Romans 12 says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind as we study the word of God, as we engage in the person of Jesus Christ. Love God more deeply. Love each other more deeply, more intentionally. But then, leverage your time wisely. Increase your priority. If the first thing you do when you wake up is you check your messages, you check your social media, before you spend time with God, I'd say your priorities are demonstrated right there. Change your priorities. First thing you do when you get up, open your Bible app on your phone or open your Bible right? Spend time with the Lord. And then you can check your social media. 
but prioritize God. God first, family second. Your church and ministry, third and career and all that. But God first. Jesus says, John, I mean, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added to you as well. So what do you do if you're stuck? At eight hours and 39 minutes for teenagers, that was average. That means there's some that do more than that. If you're stuck, the Bible has talks about this powerful discipline we have called fasting. And fasting is literally means to deny self. Usually it's food, but fasting. I would encourage you. The Bible's clear. When something has a hold on us, we fast. How do you how do you get rid of your appetite? You don't eat because you need to get hungrier the next time. You starve an appetite. Fast. So if you're if you're if you think you're addicted to this thing, fast it. You know, I'm going to fast social media for a day, three days, a week. And then see how much time you have. And leverage that time for the glory of God. Don't do it legalistically, but, you know, do it because you want to know Jesus more. And you want to love Jesus. You want to leverage your time wisely for Jesus. And just set it aside. I mean, is Jesus more valuable than this? Come on. Amen. He is. Absolutely. So let God lead you. I mean, get radical with it. You know, go to, go to whatever links you have to, to break any bonds this may have over your life so you're completely free to love and serve Jesus. You don't have self-control. That's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Of course, you need Jesus to be able to do this. So we're going to close our time. I ask you to stand with me. I ask your prayer counselors to come front. I mean, this is a big deal. Uh, this is addicting stuff. We have addictive natures because we're made to worship and follow God. But we can easily supplant God with other things. And this is one of those things. So maybe you're here today and you just need to repent. You need to say, Lord, I, I have really let this thing of social media just dominate my life. God, Forgive me and help me to prioritize you. And where you're at right now, just make a commitment to God for this week. Say, God, I'm going to get up. Before I turn my phone on to look at social media, I'm going to spend time with you. Let that be a first step. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus yet, that's really your first step. You get to know Jesus. Confess Jesus as Lord. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and surrender your life to following him for all of eternity. If you've never done that, our prayer counselors would love to pray with you about that, talk with you about that. Or if you're just struggling, maybe maybe some of you here is struggling with content. I mean, you're looking at a lot of stuff you don't need to be looking at, but you just feel stuck. It's all super confidential up here, but they would love to pray for you. You're not alone. Statistically, over 86% of men in churches struggle with that, and there's a sharp rise among women struggling with that as well. So seek prayer. Maybe to pray for someone that you know and love is stuck in it, but just... We want to spend time with God. This is a big issue in our culture today. It's a big issue in your life and in my life. It's going to be a big issue in your kids' and your grandkids' life. It's not going away. So we need to bring it to our Father. Let Him lead us so we can lead them. Let's pray together. 
Jesus, this is a it's a hard topic because it's close to home. It's something that by vast majority of us are involved with is social media and and Lord, a lot of us may not have even thought through some of these things. And we see it, it's an almost a necessity in a lot of aspects, a lot of jobs and careers to have social media. And so God, most of us have to be engaged at some level. But God, it's just such a powerful tool. So Lord, I just pray that for us, that God, you would help us. You would lead us. You would guide us. You would encourage us. You would convict us to leverage it for your glory. And God, that begins by just knowing you. And Lord, if there's anyone here who's not in a relationship with you yet, I pray that God, you would just assure them at this moment how much you love them, that you see them, and that you want them to be in relationship with you. And God, to do that, we have to just confess that you are the Lord. We surrender our life to you. We believe and trust Jesus. You really did come to earth and live the sinless life as one who is fully human yet remain fully God. And you went to the cross on our behalf. You died in our place for our sins so we could be forgiven and so that now we can be in relationship with you through faith. So Lord, if anyone's here who has never trusted in you or watching online who's never trusted in you, God, help them to trust in you as the Lord and Savior this morning. And God, for others who are your children already, God, we get caught up, we get distracted, we get entrenched. And God, I pray that if we're some of those spending more than eight hours a day on screen time average, God, you would help us to reprioritize you in our life. And so, Lord, just uh, lead us, humble us. This is a big deal. So, God, be glorified in how we respond to you in Christ's name.